Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Morning, Simi. Boy, this story, I tell you, just like either the sector can't get a break, the government can't get a break, no matter what they do, it just seems like more bad news is coming. Yeah, it basically just reinforces what a horrible state the BC forest industry is. You know, the Premier had, Premier and the Forest Minister had half dozen events over the past week, and they announced. $150 million in new funding for the industry to develop value-added products and to essentially subsidize the industry to bring waste wood in as feedstock to the province's pulp mill. So all those announcements were made, and we got the press releases, and we heard the announcements, and industry people lined up and said, this is great, and thank you, and... Uh, this is needed in the long run. It'll make a difference. And then we get yesterday's announcement. So this is Canfor, and Canfor is permanently closing the sawmill in Chetwind, permanently con- closing the pellet plant in Chetwind, and s- putting the mill in Houston on hold. The company says they are looking at a business plan for a new kind of mill there, so there's a possibility of reinvestment there, but they haven't said yes. So what do we got here? Hmm, another 300 jobs, and I've heard Simi over the last couple of weeks since I've been talking about this, I hear from people in the north who say that's 300 direct jobs. The impact on the community is probably two or three times as much for employment, partly because of the suppliers, partly because people are out of work, they don't spend as much money. In Chetwind, um, that's, uh, I heard Mike Bernier, uh, the opposition member on the radio yesterday, saying um, 300 people in Chetwind, that's, that's like the whole payroll in town. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a huge community, and you can imagine all the spin-off benefits of that, right? Stores, yeah. restaurants, they buy things, like all yeah. of that, gone. Yeah, no, and, and this is happening all over British Columbia, and it's slow motion in one sense that we've known this is coming for a long time. There are factors that uh, are out of the government's control, like the forests being eaten by the pine beetle, although you could argue back in the 90s that if we'd acted sooner, but, you know, and there's a softwood dispute, uh, but there's a lot of things within the government's power as well. I mean, I would just note that last week the government took another 350,000 cubic meters of annual allowable cut, so that's the the wood for the sawmills. They took it out. They've reduced the cut by that much as part of the settlement with the Blueberry First Nation. So, you know, the government lost a court case, didn't have much choice, but... That's still going on, and you've still got the industry. I mean, the industry is sort of saying two things. You look at what they're doing, uh, BC-based companies, they're spending money all right on new production. They're just not spending it in British Columbia. They're spending it in New Brunswick and Alberta. They're spending it in the American South. That's because they think it's better to invest there. The wood supply is more secure. The regulations and taxes are less burdensome. It isn't about payroll anymore. You know, we always used to say, well, BC was a high payroll place, but it it isn't that so much. It really is lack of secure wood supply here in British Columbia 
and an investment climate that is not as inviting as it is elsewhere. Is it also about who to make the deal with for the forestry companies here, Vaughn? Because, you know, we talked about all the different kind of deals that the provincial government is making with Indigenous nations. Is that, for forestry companies, is that the future too? Um, yeah, I mean, the companies, the companies don't have a big problem with who's the landlord, right? If the right. landlord is the First Nation and, and it's their traditional territory and they ha- they control the annual allowable cut and they want investment in a sawmill and they want their people trained to work in it, forest companies can live with that, right? They they don't really, as I said to me, care who the landlord is, right? The stumpage rates, well, the stumpage rates are set by the provincial government, but they're also set mindful of the situation with the United States. I mean, I heard from a First Nations leader last week who the um, Huayat leader, uh, Robert Dennis, who went to this huge long battle to get con- to get a tree farm license for his people in his traditional territory, and he got it, and he said, we can't afford to log it. It's not economic. The stumpage rates are so high that we can't afford to log it. So we're looking at Alberta's, British Columbia's stumpage rates. That's the royalty you pay on the wood. They're about triple what they are in Alberta. So, you know, we've got a whole series of structural problems here. And in spite of the announcement last week, Simi, I look at the B.C. government and I go... They're not really in a panic about this. They're not really moving on this. They've mm-hmm. known they are moving. I shouldn't say they're not moving. They're not moving as quickly as they should on this. They they've known about the problem since they got into government in 2017. Yes, they blame it on the BC Liberals and and some of it is that, some of that blame belongs there. But they're going to be, you know, they're entering what? 6 years as government this summer. Um that kind of excuse just doesn't work anymore. And then there's LNG. Yeah, so LNG is interesting because we do have a massive international investment in LNG in British Columbia. It's the biggest private sector investment ever in BC. A bunch of companies building an LNG terminal in Kitimat and a natural gas pipeline under construction all the way over to the northeast. A $40 billion project. And the company, Shell is the lead investor there. It's all private money. The company, Shell, is saying, um, we'd actually like to expand this uh, terminal in Kitimat. We're looking at a plan to add a second train. So that's a second production line. Well, if they've already got the gas pipeline and they've already got the site and they've already got the plant built, of course, the next investment's easier. But they put the government on notice this month and they said, look, to make LNG, you need a lot of power. Uh, You have to squeeze and freeze it, as they say. You have to compress the gas from the pipeline to make the LNG. Right now, the first phase of that mill, the power to do that is coming from burning natural gas. That creates emissions. Shell is saying that because of the lack of a supply reliable of electricity to do what they call electric drive, where electricity from, say, hydro makes the, the LNG, they're going to go with natural gas drive again for the second phase. And everybody's looked at it and said, well, hey, that's going to mean a lot of emissions. How do you square that with BC's carbon climate action plan to reduce emissions? 
Premier got asked about this. He's been asked about it several times recently, and every time he says, well, they have to meet our climate action plan. So yesterday there was a, a question again, and I know Global's been playing the clip from the Premier. Um, the Premier was asked, do you really want this thing? I mean, do you really want it? Because yeah. the company is saying, we don't have a supply of electricity. We're not going to invest billions of dollars if we can't be sure of the electricity to make the LNG. There's only one power line to Kitimat, Simi. In an ice storm, it would go out. The company is not interested in having LNG tankers sitting there waiting for the power line to be restored. So unless there's reliable backup power, they're not going to do it. And what did EB say yesterday? He kind of ducked the question. He didn't. He said, yes, we want foreign investment. But he didn't say, we really want this plant and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that second production line happens. There is an option here, Simi. It's just waiting for the premier to say it, and he hasn't said it yet. Which would be? BC Hydro could build a backup electrical power line to Kitimat, uh, which would provide more power for the northwest of BC anyway, and it would provide the backup power. And hey, Simi, BC Hydro announced last week that they're going to look at the option. So they're looking at the option. But here's something BC Hydro didn't mention. BC Hydro had a plan in the works to build a backup pipeline a power line to Kitimat 10 years ago, 2013. Still looking at it then? No, they announced they weren't going to do it. They killed the project way back 10 years ago. Had they gone ahead with it, the plant right now would be all electric drive. You can do that. They've got one down in Texas uh, where the gas, the whole plant runs on electricity. All the natural gas, all the LNG is made with electricity. So it can be done. The disappointing thing here, Simi, is that back when Christy Clark was touting LNG development in B.C., Hydro had a plan to build a backup power line uh, through the terrace and then to Ketamat, and they killed it. So we'd be there now if they'd gone ahead then. Now we're scrambling to persuade Shell and its partners to invest on the promise that maybe the electricity will be there by the time hydro gets around to building the power line. What was the reason for killing it? Uh, <laughs> uh, because BC Hydro <laughs> decides what it wants to do uh, without necessarily regard to the provincial government. I, d I actually don't know. I don't remember huh. the explanation. Uh, perhaps they were more interested in those days in Site C. Um, they uh, were building a power line to the northwest for... Um, energy projects uh, up there, mining projects. So perhaps they didn't think the other power line was needed, but really seriously, long-term planning. These things take time to build, right? You yeah. have the environmental review, First Nations approval and everything. So it's not, not like you can do it overnight, but last week BC Hydro said, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's take a look at it. <laughs> everything old is new again. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.